Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of season two of Theo Thoughts. I'm Judson Page. I am Jordan Peter now. And this is now the we have now double. We're we've reached the point of how many episodes we had in the first season. Uh, we had four episodes last season. Now we're at our fourth episode, and we get to have even more, which is really awesome. But today we are going to be talking through some of the biblical interpretations and understandings of Jordan and I of some popular moral ethical questions that you might hear in philosophy 101. And these questions don't all necessarily have an answer, but it is about talking about them and thinking about them. And even then, sometimes the decision you don't even know until you're in the moment. Yeah. So we figured that a lot of times there's topics that we hit on and you can kind of get burnt out from talking just straight out of the Bible and how we think about things because largely Judson and I think the same. But uh, I remember the way we started this podcast, we're just sitting in our room playing Minecraft and we were bringing up some tough philosophical questions. And it's fun to spit these babies out and to give our own opinions about them. So uh, I say that we go go ahead and get on rolling into it. Yeah. So the first one, and I've thought about this before, I think I have more of an answer, but at least based in scripture, is it ever okay or justifiable to lie? So like while you're thinking about that, some of the things that I think about, so if we look back to the 10 commandments, right? So it has, uh, I believe it's commandment number eight, where it has been interpreted into do not lie, but its technical wording is do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Yeah, bear false witness. Right, yeah. Or so like spreading rumors or gossip or in a court of law. Yeah, lying on court, lying on the stand, perjury. And so my thought is like, let's say the world is about to end. There's a giant, not, not just something bad is about to happen. And your kid looks at you and says, are we going to be okay when it's death is imminent? Are you going to say, no, we're going to die a fiery death? Or are you going to look at them and say, no, it's going to be okay. I got you in a lie. Boy, is that a moral dilemma? Mm. Well, I think with, and this is a whole other conversation, but I think with um, like, you've heard the conversation of like curse words and they say yeah. like, it's the, it's the area your spirit is coming from whenever mm-hmm. you say it, right? you know, like the mentality of your heart whenever you're using it, yeah, you're looking your child in the eye. I mean, like you tell your kid their entire life up until like what age eight, age nine, that Santa Claus exists, (laughs) you know? So I feel like there's points where they really are like, I wouldn't even categorize them as lies anymore, Mm. you know? Yeah. Maybe like false truths because a Santa Claus did once exist. Yeah. St. Nicholas. I don't know. I, I feel, um, I don't want to give an answer to that so quickly. And obviously you can give more of your opinion, but I feel like the answer is yes, but it is a yes based on um, like a very, very rare sequence of events that has to occur. Situational circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I feel uh, one just in general, like I just don't go around lying because it's like, oh, the Bible says false testimony. So that means I can just lie. That's not, you know, that's not how I see it. I see it as, the care for someone of like the care for a child who's scared the care like paramedics like when like they see some insane stuff of people that might be on the verge of death in really scary situations 
and part of like actual like body's physical reactions of yeah. shock and you know stress and survival instincts like my dad told me that you know if somebody is drowning like they will just their survival instincts will be to use other people and you know even sometimes push down on them so that they can get back up for air yeah. and that's not because that's something that they do but that's just something like their survival instincts so flight. yeah the fight or flight so in certain situations like even then i don't call it lying i call it you know calming their heart with what they don't understand yet. yeah yeah and and like i said i think the boundary line is kind of thin but whenever you're more in tune with like the conviction of the holy spirit that, that, that it gives you i feel like it's a lot easier for you to discern one way or another so whether something's a lie i mean right. so, so jesus they were supposed to go i think it was the festival of hanukkah and they were going to jerusalem or somewhere okay and, yeah. and they were all like jesus are you going to come and he said no for now isn't my time and then they left and then he left to go to the to go to the festival but he was hidden remember right um i mean i guess and I, i've asked my dad about that and at first i was like this seems a little fishy you know <laughs> yeah and there's other stories like um the judge ehud that whenever he killed the king yeah he was left-handed right mm -hmm. so he was bare, like technically technically he tr he tricked them you know mm. they thought that he was totally unarmed whenever he had uh, something on his left so right. basically for the time um you know the story don't you uh yes i'm i just i remember king ehud but yes well he wasn't a king he was sorry a judge. judge yeah ehud. No. Yes. so so basically what happened was there was a super fat king i don't remember what his name was but he was a tyrant okay, okay. yeah and one of the judges of israel his name was ehud and this man was one bad man with jamma he was left-handed okay so he strapped a dagger to his right thigh mm. well most people back then were right-handed so whenever he got checked to go in uh, and speak to the king, they checked his left thigh because if you're right hand, you pull from your right thigh. Mm. So he had it on, or from your left, sorry. I gotcha. And he had it on his right. So he was totally fine to go in there. And once he did, he stuck the dagger so deep inside the king's guts that like it disappeared because how fat he was. So like maybe it's a <laughs> stretch, but he was story. he was definitely yeah. he was definitely lying. He escaped through the through the latrine. He escaped right. through the sewers. That's yeah. a dope story. Now I've heard that. Now when you said the the line about his dag went so deep it disappeared, yeah. that I've yeah I've heard that. But yeah, and so looking at the, it's it's interesting because one looking at the Ten Commandments of you know well it doesn't technically say this but still in general lying isn't good and it is like we talked about very situational circumstances and. We even know that, you know, like sometimes sparing someone's feelings, like where is, is me telling the truth right now, is that actually going to help them or yeah. telling them, comforting them instead, is that going to help them through bending the truth or possibly doing a lie for them? Yeah. And there's a huge difference between lying to, um, or I'll say bearing false testimony. I think that's okay. better. Lying is kind of harsh because lying kind of like uh, writes the sin for itself. Yeah, it's already got connotations. Yeah, but I'd say bearing false testimony to save somebody is different than bearing false testimony to save yourself. Mm. And that's whenever you just kind of have to look at like the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. We say like, man, you really shouldn't have done that. Okay, then definitely no. The answer is no. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, I just saved you know, my child from having a mental breakdown because he asked me if Santa Claus was real and he's only four. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe maybe God will give you a give you a stretch there. 
Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So on that concept, so that question of justifiable to, justifiable to lie feels like it's in certain situations and it's under the conviction of Holy Spirit of what is the right thing to do. Another example would be um, Esther and Mordecai. So, yeah, the story of Mordecai and Esther and the bad guy, Haman. Also, if you've never been to a Purim, it's a really fun time. It's very interactive. Uh, but anyway, so you have Mordecai and Esther, who are cousins, and you have this tyrannical person, Haman, who's the bad guy. Everybody boos him Ooh. at, at Purim. And Esther is trying to get into the court. There's a Persian court, but being Jewish, she couldn't. So she concealed her Jewish identity and so that she could find favor and eventually become wife of, of Xerxes. And Mordecai was explaining that this would be good because then she could use this position to help her Jewish people as queen. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a big example. And they received no punishment like punishment from God or paying back on this. And so, yes, what do, what do we think about that? Well, it's my understanding that it was, um, you know, she concealed it to save her cousin Mordecai because, you know, like, so she's wanted a hot woman and Esther fit the bill. <laughs> so she dressed up, got real nice. And he sent out like this, this edict that was like, Hey, I need some hot woman for my, for my harem. I want to have a hot wife. <laughs> and um, I guess Esther, like I said, fit the bill. So, um, she dressed up, and finally, whenever he got his favor, Xerxes' favor, the king of Persia, um, who really wasn't all that bad of a dude, it was um, Haman who was the who was the bad guy, and he was trying to get Xerxes to kill all the Jews, which is why right. she had to conceal her thing. But mm -hmm. basically, Esther got Xerxes to like him so much that um, she went into his royal chamber, which is like a death sentence if you're not invited. Right. So back then, if you were the king and someone just waddled into your chamber without consent, then they had the right to kill you. Mm -hmm. But she went in there and she was like, King Xerxes, I need a favor. And he's like, anything. He's like, I need you to take care of more of, uh, sorry, no more, of Haman. Mm. And, and told him the whole, the whole story, told him the real yeah. truth. And then, um, no, there was no punishment given for anything that happened there. So it's right. super situational. Even whenever you Google it, yeah, <laughs> it says that it was a situational lie and they received no punishment for it. Right. And so it also speaks to uh, some things we've talked about of, you know, being certain of certain things like the, the of course, the book we always go back to a lot, the sin of certainty of it is a lot of it is in the in the situation under the conviction and guidance of the spirit is when we will know, like we may approach a situation where we think, you know what, lying could help people, but is that a selfish lie is that a no it's there, there's a lot to consider in the time and it's definitely it should never be an easy decision samson's another one mm, yeah yeah they just keep popping into my head i know right. i know I, <laughs> we probably should move on to the next question but that dude never stopped lying right. i guess he paid for it yeah yeah he did die he did take a lot of other people with him and killed thousands of guys with a donkey jaw yeah but, that's true that's super yeah. cold, man. Yeah, so there are there are examples of prominent people in the Bible lying. Some of them received, you know, punishment or not necessarily received punishment, but felt the punishment of the lie. But there were some people who in the situational circumstances 
concealed the truth or used a comforting lie in a different way to help the people under, you know, from bad people or bad yeah. things that are going to happen. Rahab, that's another example mm-hmm. of, of a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the list can go on and on and on. Right. But I feel like we should move on to the next question. Yeah. So with looking at some of these other questions, an interesting one that uh, comes up in uh, the, like the, the regular world, and this comes up in classes, and sometimes it comes up in church, is part of the nature of free will. Okay. So in agnostic thinking, it's talking about the, you know, are there other forces controlling what you do? Do you really have choice? Like, and I know some of, I know I've seen some videos of where, you know, somebody realizes they have free will and then just does something absolutely random. Like one of my favorites is there's these little groups of kids singing in church and it's all nice. And then it says this one kid's about to realize he has free will and just starts roaring like a dinosaur as loud as he can oh, into the camera. That video. <laughs> That's a hoot. Yes. But so it comes up a lot in the agnostic world and the non-secular world of do we really have free will? And it's, can also be confusing in uh, Christianity and you have different, you have Calvinistic understanding and you have, you know, more free will thinking understanding. So, yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Well, I don't know how different this conversation is than the predestination conversation. Yeah. They That's got, bar, they're by the way. similar. Yeah. That rhymes predestination conversation. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. They're very similar. Basically the idea that uh, if we have free will, then why is it that God says several times that he has a chosen people mm. and that even to the Gentiles, now that Jesus was crucified and we're washed by the blood of the lamb, um, we were chose before the world began. So how do right. those two things coincide, you know? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, um, and I've had this conversation several times, I look at it and say, I have no flipping idea. I'm <laughs> not God, you know? Right. I, yeah. I guess the way I like to understand it, if I, if I had to, uh, I'm not typically one to just be like, oh, that's what it says. I'll just accept it because it seems contradictory, right? Right, yeah. I kind of look at it like this. If I look or have – I have three dogs, right? Three and I love them dogs. all equally. Right. My love is there for them. Mm-hmm. Then that's me choosing those three dogs. Right. right. So the way God chooses, I think – Whenever it refers to predestination, which the idea of predestination is um, you're going to be saved whether you like it or not. God chose you from the beginning, which yes. means free will um, via that understanding doesn't necessarily matter. Right. But I feel it's more we're all in cages, like every human being is in cages and God's love is right outside the cage. All we have to do is open the door that doesn't have a lock on it. Mm. And as soon as we do that, that's our free will to open the door. So yeah. God chooses to love everybody. Yeah. So it's, I chose you before the world began. Well, it could mean literally everybody. We mm-hmm. don't we don't know right. as far as predestination goes. So he chose his people before the world began. So you know, that's an idea that's an idea to wrestle with. Um and I really hope I'm not getting off topic. We're still like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so but it's our job to open the door, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the free will. I think that's where the free will comes in because we get to receive God's love. That's what we do. That's where yeah. the will comes in. Yeah. I don't necessarily know that he picks and chooses who he loves though. Right. And so part of that I also see is some of the beauty. So some Calvinistic understanding we talk about predestination is the idea that 
God has already decided you're going to heaven, you're going to hell, and that's already preset before you're born, and you don't really get a choice, yeah. and it's just set in stone. And I don't like that because then you think, well, then what's the point yeah. of everything? Like, can I just go around doing whatever then because it's not going to matter because I'm getting to heaven? Or no matter you know how much I try and read and follow Jesus in my daily life, I'm still going to go to hell? And it's, yeah, it doesn't make sense it's it's difficult to wrestle with because we're of the understanding of if we choose christ and we say yeah you're the son of god you died on the cross for my sins and you're coming back again you accept them in then you're saved right, right. but since god you know the om, omnip, om, omnipotent omniscient um all powerful i mean that's yeah. omnipotent. there's another om, om, omnipresent word. omnipresent that's the other word yeah. i was looking for um He's seen the beginning and the end. In yes. fact, he's looking at it right now. Yes. He sees everything. Right. So it's really hard for us to sort of look at this through the, like the box yes. lens to say like, well, it's either one way or the other. Well, it could be both and. Since right. God knows already, it's easy for him to be like, I chose. Yeah. Because he's already there. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that Callie said last night in her message. Mm. Um, just to clarify she was talking about the light and like problems that she goes through and she's, she needs to realize that God's already there. Well, with this predestination conversation, you need to realize that God's already there. So it's easy for him to take credit because everything he can take credit. for. Right. Yeah. He gave us free will, mm -hmm. all of us. So he could say anybody who, who chose, I chose. Yeah. And I honestly think it's so much more beautiful. Like first off, it is just hard for us as three-dimensional time like time existing on a line creatures to try and quantify and understand a god who exists on every single point on the timeline at the same time yeah and it's first off that's just really hard but also like the beauty of genesis in the the story of adam and eve of he, god made like he made man but he made man in the hopes that they would choose to love him. Yeah. Like that was like, he didn't want to force that on them because I mean, we know that man sinned. They ate from the tree that he said not to. He was just like, Hey, just don't eat from these, but I want to be with you. And I want you to be with me. Not because I'm forcing you or controlling your consciousness, but just because, you know, we can have a loving relationship. And like it said, you know, God went in the garden to seek out Adam and Eve which is an example of like, you know, how we should seek out God, like, you know, just walking around and seeking him out and that beauty of free will. And even Paul talks about it of, you know, in some of the letters he writes, you know, I don't want you to do this because I'm telling you, I want you to do this because it is your own willingness to follow this loving path. Yeah. And so I think just also the free will is so beautiful and it can be funny sometimes of like, if I wanted to, I could just start eating that fake plant real no that's a that's a peace lily dog i that's could start real. eating that peace lily if i wanted to right now and i have all the power to do so benefits of working in a flower shop <laughs> are you saying that you ate flowers Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> get a snack whenever i can yeah so yeah uh and then this conversation comes down to trying to put an unlimited god in a box you yeah know, if, if you've watched you ever watched the movie interstellar before I love that movie so much. Okay. So whenever <laughs> towards the end, whenever uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, I forget what his name is, goes through, spoiler alert, just if you hadn't seen it, skip ahead 
you know, 45 seconds or so. Yes, or go back and watch it and then come back. Yeah, of course. You can always pause, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Woo. whatever else you're listening to podcasts on. Uh, shameless plug, you know, Theo, Th- Theo underscore thoughts. Dog podcast, Instagram. Okay, anyway, um, whenever he goes through the black hole and he can see all the different times in his life. Right. The first time I watched that, it was like my brain was melting. And I had to go yes. through that scene a couple different times. Right. Because that was somebody's depiction of what it's like to be outside of the time frame of human right. antiquity. Or to exist in a like a fifth dimensional, yeah, like tesseract kind of thing. And they thought of these people who were interacting with them from beyond. They thought of them as like ethereal, almost like a different species of, yeah. of whatever it could be. Right. But to think that the Lord doesn't need all these frames. Have you seen the movie? Like all these frames, to interact, yes. And he just can interact. He right. doesn't need to be in that fifth dimension. It can be all of it at the same time. Right. Judd, two or more gather in His name right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So he's in the midst of us. Yeah. You got a third chair. It's right there. That's true. We do have a, there used to be a fourth chair, but someone nabbed it, I guess. Oh, it's the the, the piece that he's sitting on. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that uh it honestly it Yeah, honestly when I first watched that movie at first I was lost for us. Also, I just I love science stuff and it was super accurate and but the idea of you know, it really is and it all brain take a breath so another thing that it really talks about is the unquantifiable not making sense power of love like it also talks about that in the movie of like love doesn't make sense like why do we continue to love after somebody has died and other things like that and about its power and part of that movie's idea is that the love of them or humanity you know, millions of years in the future has, you know, evolved to this fifth dimensional state. And they brought Matthew McConaughey's character in because he needed to be. And that was the reason that they exist. And so it was kind of like a cool circular thing. But yeah, so looking at the idea of God's interaction with us is just beyond our understanding. And, you know, putting God in a box, because we try to think of him three dimensionally a lot. But he exists fourth dimension, fifth dimension, 10th, yeah. infinitieth dimension. Yeah. And so it can be a hard concept and it can be a struggle sometimes. You think, and is this really my choice? You know, or like, am I already, is this already set? Because it also talks about, you know, in Proverbs, I, you know, wrote out all your days from within your mother's womb. Yeah. And, you know, you think like, so did I have the choice of waking up this morning? Did I have the choice of doing this? And, you do, but the most important choice of free will is like you talk about choosing to open that door, choosing to love God and, you know, accept Jesus. Choosing joy. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. So free will. That's a it's, great question. Yeah. Like it's a, question. it's a great topic and it comes up a lot of times in the church as well in the agnostic world of what is the point of all of this kind of thing. But yeah, you know what? That kind of leads me getting of a segue so with all of these talks of questions morality ethics yes i there's there's been a conversation of where does that come from or needing to follow god to be moral or i believe there's also scripture about god's law is already written on everybody's hearts as that morality and so whether or not you follow god you still understand right and wrong but yeah, so kind of that objective morality of 
where does it come from? Who says, you know, this is okay or this is bad or is like, or certain things just changes changing of the times and yeah. cultural cultural or are certain things like always going to be right and wrong. So the question is like, where do our inerrant like um, aspects of good and evil come from? Yeah. And kind of can a person who doesn't, doesn't say they follow Jesus still act good. So, um, you know, as you just, as you just quoted in Proverbs about the God's law being written on all of mm-hmm. our hearts, I would say, um, number one, I've watched, I know how you feel about Ken Hovid, but I've watched a, um, not that it's like necessarily like damning, but, uh, I've, I've watched a, debate between him and three different uh super science people who you know it was just a creation versus evolution thing and they were asking him like how can a spiritual force have uh power over like a material object how can a spiritual force how can it affect it right and he's like well i guess you'll have to explain to me like good evil love and all these and all these other like uh, almost ethereal aspects like we talked about in the interstellar mm-hmm. thing the power of love is so in, in in like totally incredible where we don't really understand it right so um I, I don't know if that gives us like a basis to stand on for this for this question but what do you think so uh part of it so i've met you know some really wonderful people in the world that don't follow jesus like my parents and i we went to a uh, a seder dinner at a Jewish synagogue once for, you know, some cultural experience. And it also, you know, Passover and some of that other stuff. So it lines up with some of Christianity because I mean, Jesus was a Jew. He celebrated that, but there was this, uh, amazing old elderly couple that gave us a tour. They showed us all the things that we, like, they knew that we were Christian. Like we said, yeah, we're from this, we're from Lapeer Free Methodist church, but we wanted to, you know, experience what this was like because, you know, is Jesus could have celebrated like this. And they, I, I talked with my parents after that because I honestly got really sad and confused of like, these people were, you know, they were kind and they follow, you know, they follow the old Testament, but like, are they, are they going to go to heaven or hell? Because, and so like, I actually, I, I cried a little bit because I was, con- it wasn't necessarily a sad of my idea of like, oh, well, they don't follow Jesus, so they're not going to make it. It was more of my confusion of like, they're just so nice. Yeah. And part of it, my mom being the awesome woman of God that she is, she did not say, well, no, they're going to go to heaven or no, they're going to go to hell. She said, God know, God knows their hearts and, you know, there is always time for change and there is time for growth and yeah, but that's not for us to decide for somebody else yeah. of having that certainty in our mind. But I think because, you know, it talks about God's laws written on all of our hearts. Everybody, you know, has that, you know, sometimes when they do something bad, unless they have a mental illness, when they do something bad, it doesn't feel good. Like physically, it affects you. Yeah. And I think part of that is God's law being written. And so there can be some people that don't follow Jesus, but can be good people or they can do good things or they can understand because it was man who ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so part of that is 
once we ate from the tree, then we had an understanding of that of good yeah. and evil. And so then that spread to every man. So I think that every man has a understanding of what is good or what is bad, but there are also some, you know, specific nitty gritty things that can only be found through Christ. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's something to speak to like the emptiness of man without God. So you look at like all these different examples throughout history, right? So I can give a no-name example right now. Just think of like super rich people who aren't happy. Mm. And they're like, I've always wanted something and I'm searching for More. something. And a lot, exactly. And a lot of people, they want to go and they're like, well, I just don't know what it is I'm missing. I got my 47 Lamborghinis that I got for having knowledge, you know, and I mm. got a, you know, what a huge house, a family, like I should be happy. I just don't know what I'm missing. And right. if you look back in time, you have Alexander the Great, who mm. had one of the largest empires, though very short-lived, yeah. um, ever. And he was like, man, like I just – I keep winning. Like someone give me a challenge, uh, which may sound on the surface, but like like he's like, oh, I just win too much. I'm competitive. I want more of a challenge. But there's an emptiness there, an obvious emptiness. Like I, I wonder – Napoleon is another one. Like, they all died sad deaths. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, you guys have everything. Julius Caesar, everything. Like, um, you know, all the Roman emperors, they were freaking corrupt. Not all of them necessarily, but if yeah, you look but, at Caligula, Nero, all these guys who were. I mean, awful. that's where the term dictator came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally. So um, basically, yeah, I think there's something to be to be said about the emptiness of man mm. whenever they have everything that they need. They realize that I that I'm still missing something and right. they can't find out what it is. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about this conversation, and I thought of a song by a secular band. Have you ever heard of the band um, Shinedown? I think so. So Maybe. they have a song called How Did You Love? Okay? okay. And the chorus says, no one gets out alive. Every day is do or die. The one thing you leave behind is how did you love? How did you love? Mm -hmm. So I yeah. think that sort of speaks to the – the spiritual side of the morality of man, because that's a super biblical concept. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean anything like Nickelback, the song, um, if today was your last day. And if you listen to the chorus of that, like these are definitely good songs. You should listen to them. Um, my, definitely my style of music. But when you look at those, you're like, man, that's a super biblical theme that I'm, that I'm getting here. Freaking frozen. The movie frozen has a super biblical theme. If you think about it, <laughs> It's fantastic. Shout out to my sister for not liking the first Frozen movie whenever it's an absolute classic. But anyway, you guys kind of get the idea. <laughs> but yeah, so this idea of, you know, a good man walking in temporary happiness still hungers for joy because the Lord is the only source of joy that we get. I was talking with some people in a small group or prayer team about differences between happiness and joy and happiness is situational uh, responses to experiences. So if there is a man who does good, he may feel happy, but you know, until he does the next good thing or, you know, getting that high, he's going to be chasing after happiness, which sounds weird, but we should be chasing joy. And it's when we do those things in the walk of the Lord of true, you know, selflessness and not doing it for that happiness, but doing it because we are already joyful, 
because you know somebody might do a good thing is like oh this will make me happy you know i might do a good thing or somebody might just do it just because but if we're already walking in joy we don't even have to think about doing it we just do it yeah and so yeah and so yes people understand the difference between right and wrong because you know adam and eve ate from the tree knowledge of good and evil that was passed on through man and you know god's law is written on all of our hearts and so we all we all have that i mean we've all seen the cartoons of a little devil and a little angel on the yeah. shoulder i always i think immediately of cronk from emperor's new exactly Groove. the knowledge of yeah. evil but yeah and so everybody does have knowledge but it's what we do with that and how we understand the true nature of where that knowledge comes from mm. where for how we can find that everlasting joy so yeah and tying into our next question of what is the relationship between reason and emotion in decision making and it it can be a really hard loaded question and it's again situational circumstances but the idea of in certain sometimes desperate sensitive situations is it more make more sense to be strictly logical like robotic in thinking quote air quotes or just based purely on emotions yeah positive or negative so it's a pickle because a lot of people are like oh you just made that bad decision you're too emotional you need to take a you need to take a chill pill right mm. and some people are like you're too you know logic is flawed because we're humans you right know, no one's going to be right 100 of the time right. even 90 of the time would be crazy yeah um but logic is flawed because human beings line of reasoning is, is flawed you know we're sinners we're not perfect but then you get into the pickle of well a lot of times my reasoning comes from my emotions my logic comes from my emotions and a lot of times my emotions come from my logic mm. so i think they kind of play hand in hand but i also think they contradict each other so whenever you look at examples in the bible um paul's logic for going back into the synagogue time after time after time jesus i mean he, he obviously had an ultimate plan right but I, let's just use a more of a human example um i don't know do you have any do you have any ideas just not uh, coming to mind right now i mean I even tons. even if we think of the the logic of as we were talking about earlier of esther and mordecai yeah like it made a lot if i just go up there and say i'm a jew while i'm in the court then i'm going to be killed that's not logical but my emotions you know i'm fighting for my jewish people for my Jewish pride for them to, you know, be helped. And so, you know, that came from both emotion and reasoning. Yeah. That's why I trust so much in the Bible. Um, and and why I don't like it necessarily when people look at it and be like, oh, the Bible's a super flawed, contradictory book, and we can't really put our faith in it. And I'm like, well, I don't necessarily I'm not discounting what you're saying, but I don't know necessarily what else I have to put my faith in. So my logic, I like to think, and I'm working on it, obviously. I'm nowhere mm. near um, good at this. But I like to put most of my logic in the, the pages of the Bible because there really isn't – and I, th I think of it as a complete book. Yeah, There aren't a whole lot of things you can go through. I mean Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. Right. There's not a whole lot of situations you can go through which the Bible can't apply. Right, or you can use like – pairing situations and like well they did this in that situation they did that and now i'm in a situation that's both and so you can kind of yeah. you know make inferences and it's part of that also the the you know it's not by our own logic but god's wisdom of discernment that he bestows upon us yeah. in certain times i mean proverbs like the first eight nine chapters of proverbs is all just about like seek wisdom 
get wisdom. Wisdom is really awesome. Yeah. And it's, it is part of that, of the wisdom of discernment, which is something that I'm actually really working through myself right now is the idea of discernment of what is the right choice. And I was, I was, honestly, I was talking to my mom about something where I was thinking of it super logically and thinking, you know, years, years down the road of like, oh, well, I don't need to pursue this or I should pursue this based on, you know, this logical idea. And my mom was like, don't worry about that right now. This is a really small step into something. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that is, you know, you're feeling a, a pull to and taking a step is not going to kill that logic. So I just, I'm kind of setting that aside for now, just taking a step to kind of understand because it's sometimes we don't understand the discernment until we take the first step of, is this, oh, that's a little rocky or like, oh, that's firm. Yeah. And it, it can be hard and it is, it's really, it really is a process of, you know, do I act on pure emotion because, you know, sometimes emotion can be selfish or do I act on logic because logic can be, you know, disregarding of other people and other people's Big emotions. Time. And yeah. So, um, I have a lot in my mind right now yeah. about this, about this conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go willy nilly. I'm going to try to keep this as coordinated as I can. Yeah. Um, the first thing go I'm going to say is look at the story of Jonah. Okay. Mm. What was logic telling Jonah? Logic was telling Jonah that there's a lot of evil people in that place. So I'm going to literally do a 180 and I'm going to walk the other direction. Exactly. And um, even so, whenever God said, okay, listen, your logic's stupid. Um, <laughs> you're going to do what I told you to do. You can't right. run from me. You know, I mm -hmm. am all the names that we listed earlier. So he ends up in Nineveh anyway. And then what does logic tell him? God, why don't you destroy Nineveh? Like, look, right. why, how come yeah. all these people are changing? You know, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's like I, I, I come in whitewashed because of the acid in the in the stomach of the of the fish. Mm. Um, you know, like I didn't expect it to be this easy. These are evil people. Send down your wrath upon them. Right. Once again, logic doesn't win over. Mm -hmm. Another great example would be Peter, and I mm. think this is the perfect example. Mm. Whenever he's in the boat. What on earth is logic telling them? <laughs> We're all going to die. Yes. We're all yes. going to die. And then emotion takes over whenever he. Right. Pull whenever... back the last episode. What was I preaching about the whole time? Finding our identity in Jesus, right? Yes. Keeps his eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Logic gets thrown out the window. The dude's walking yeah. on water. Is that possible, Judd? Uh, I, I try that sometimes. No, not, not really by myself. No. Yeah, you're a man of science. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> No. The surface tension of the water cannot handle. Yeah, yeah no. not super buoyant. <laughs> no. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's a great example where um, that is his emotion, but his emotion gets clouded whenever he starts to think about the logistics of standing on water. Right. So I think it's super situational. I'm not throwing logic out the window right, yeah. because God has given us logic just as much as he's given us, given us emotion. Right. But his emotion started to get clouded or even overwhelming him, you know, mm. like an emotion of terror. Of being, you know, the waves are super high. I love the song "Voice of Truth" by Casting Crowns. Mm, we bring yeah. them up almost every week. Yeah, they're fantastic. Go listen to Casting Crowns if yeah. you have a chance. But I love that because, um, I guess the idea of the song is talking about David and Goliath, and it goes from Peter and the waves and just keeps talking about this voice of truth that's telling you a different story. Right, so your logic's going to tell you, oh, I'm in the midst of terror. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter's logic um, was, and I guess it was predestined, but Peter's logic was to deny Jesus three times. And then what happened? And it 
the crow crowed just as Jesus said it was going to happen. And yeah, it was, Jesus was like, you're going to deny me. And he was like, no, I would never do that. Fast forward. Just like, oh yeah. So emotion. Oh no, Lord, I love you. I would die for you. I'm never going to do this. And then wait, aren't you Galilean? You kind of sound God. No, what? No, absolutely not. <laughs> not Jossus, G- G- Jussus. I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of this guy. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, but that honestly, it, you know, we were talking about before how like love doesn't always like make sense and the, you know, it can be illogical in and of itself, mm-hmm. like loving something after it is dead and doesn't exist anymore. Like that doesn't make sense or sticking your rod in the water because it's the water is going to defy gravity and spread up on itself. Uh, like Moses. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a man hanging up on a cross and being dead for three days and then rising from the dead. Yeah. It's illogical. Even even and, the idea of him loving us so much that yes. he would put himself up there is illogical. Right. He didn't say a word. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't fight back. Right. He could have. Yeah. And, you know, it really it really just speaks to the idea of we 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 are we are logical creatures. Just by nature, like we see to like, does this make sense? Like that's that's just part of it and that will always be there and that is really helpful when it comes from god because god wants us he doesn't just want us to just do every first thought that pops into our head yeah you know he wants us to use discernment from him exactly be like that that is part of it but even just the idea of you know following god or following jesus like uh doubting doubting thomas doubting thomas useless like you know this is not logical that you died and then came back. I've got to put my finger in the hole yep. of your hand. And Jesus was just like, okay, do it. And then he was just like, oh, wow, you are like, it is you. That's he was crazy. like, and, but then Jesus was like, yes, yeah, so you have seen me and you know that I am real and yeah. that I am he, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. Yeah. Blessed are those who believe illogically. Yeah. And it, is like it always just boils down because you know conversations of faith and you know does it really make sense for there to be a big guy with a white beard in the sky controlling everything it's like well first off i don't know if that's really how i see god but second off no it doesn't always make sense but the love is real yeah and the love is that is the driving force that is why i not only trust but believe in the hope yeah and i love that you brought up discernment because as we know that's one of the spiritual gifts that the lord has granted us yes and i have a cool story about myself that i don't think i've told you before but oh, it fits we'll in wonderfully with this with this uh, question so over the summer i went to a place and uh, it was sort of hippie central i guess you could say there was a lot of um stuff down there different stores and um well, I'll just be real with you. A lot of pagan and satanic imagery, mm. right? So I walked in the first store and it wasn't like I had no idea that's what this place was. Um, it, it was relatively, relatively well known. Like I just expected it to be like, oh, we're going to go in and see some shops and, uh, you know, get out of there and you know, just go home. Well, I go into the first place and Judd, it was, I, it was like I walked in and I got hit in the face face with something Mm. it was like there is a i again i really can't logic can't help me explain it right it was like i got hit in the face with something and immediately i was hyper aware 
to all of the satanic imagery that was in mm. the so like the room was tie dye pretty much okay and it had um dream catchers and it had all this jewelry and it had um posters from like heavy metal bands from the 70s mm. and um like woodstock sort of stuff and i was just looking at it like all the skulls and the pagan imagery tarot cards like i was looking at all this stuff and i became super hyper aware of all that stuff around mm. me and I, um, I i have adhd i'm a little fidgety i pick at my fingers as you can <laughs> tell i started to i started to like freak out mm. and the person who was with me was like dude are you okay and i was like i have no idea what the heck is going on and i was like there's a lot satanic and pagan imagery in here and they were like oh well i didn't even notice that and i was right. like it's okay it's okay so i went outside and had to take a legitimate chill pill i was like what on earth is going on so uh anyway we went next door and we were gonna get some ice cream and the person i was with was like dude are you okay um and there's a person i hang out with all the time their name doesn't need to be said but they didn't know right they had right. no they had no idea they had been there so many times and I was like, yeah, like, I, I guess I'm fine. I have no idea. I just got hit by something whenever I went into that room. Mm. And uh, as for being a Christian and like hearing the voice of God or like uh, really feeling the presence isn't something I was totally familiar with. You know, I, mm. I've worshiped God my entire life. I wasn't 100% sure that's what was going on. Um, but if you look at it from the outside right now, Judd, what would you say that is? It sounds like discernment, right? Yeah. Okay. So part two of the story. They say, well, I want to go into I want to go into one more store. We used to, we used the restroom real quick. We walk around. I want to go into one more store. I'm still like really fidgety. I'm like, okay. So uh, I walk into this building, and there's a store on the left and a store on the right. We go to walk into the store on the right, and it's like I'm feeling someone tug on the back of my shirt as we're about to walk through the store. Hmm. I hold the door open for my buddy, and I walk in. And the first thing I see, Judd, as I as I get closer and closer to the entrance, you know, into the the what do they call that? Like the doorway, apex, entryway, yeah. the apex before you you enter the room. Okay. I feel a like a strong tug, like there's a rope tied around me, around my back. Mm. And the closer I get, just the more it's pulling me. Mm. I look up, and like I am super like emotional, super frantic. I don't know what's going on since I since I went into that first store to when I was getting my ice cream, to now when I'm entering this last place, and then when we're going to leave. I look up, and I see a poster on the top shelf. Totally easy to miss. You know, it, it was probably 10 feet up in the air, nowhere near eye level, really easy for people to miss. It was black. It had two hands in gray with 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 shackles around them. Okay, that's what it was depicting. Okay. And it said, I feel a sin coming on relatively like you know you could think of you could think of uh you could think of like way more like uh evil things yeah judd i'm not lying to you i blacked out i i i woke up and i was sitting on the bench outside playing retro ball on my phone dang. i did not even get through that door dang i believe fully logic says i don't know what logic says mm -hmm. i believe i was yanked outside of that place walked outside and i was sitting down now here's the here's the part of the story that i don't like an older guy walks up to me, looked like a like an overweight Hulk Hogan, walks over to me. He says, young man, you see something in there you didn't like. And I look up at him and I'm still like catching my reality. You know, like yeah. I'm sitting on a bench right now. Like yeah. it's 95 degrees outside. Why am I sitting on the super hot bench? Right. How did I get out here? Right. Um. And I said, no, I just like outside. That's what I told him. He knew mm. I was lying. Mm. 
I should have just told him the truth. <laughs> I, but to be honest with you, I was so, it was so crazy to me. And, right. and I talked to my mom about it. And my mom was like, Jordan, that's spiritual discernment. Mm. You can tell. And I think that the Holy Spirit didn't want you to be subject to something. And mm. I think he let you see a glimpse, but then yanked you out. So yeah. it's a little bit of a scary, you know, it's, it's yeah. a little bit of a, it's surreal yeah. for sure. But, um, you know, the Holy Spirit works. And for me, logic and emotion played no part in that. Mm. That was straight up my spirit and the Holy Spirit working together saying, absolutely yeah. not. Get out of there right now. Right. And he took over literally. And I was outside. Yeah. So long story short, logic and emotion, nowhere near that, that story, you know? Right. But yeah, I mean, I really, you know, my mom has similar ideals of not even dealing with that, with those kinds of things because Satan still holds power over the earth. And we've seen him in the, in the Bible have influences in ways that don't make sense. And so for us to, you know, give in to a taste of that or a sight of that can be really damaging. But yeah, that type of discernment of just like the logic is like, it's just a store. What's it yeah, going to do? Like, exactly. I'm not buying anything. I'm just, it's a store. And then, you know, the emotion of just like, yeah, I mean, I don't like, I don't like this. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but or maybe even, there's a cool, like little, um, just like both of those just being absent and just be like, God, just like, all right. Also I'm making the air last right here, wrapping around Jordan pulling them out because part of that is that, you know, that test of discernment of like, you know, no, like this is, this is bad. Yeah. I need you to catch a glimpse and then, all right, now we're back to reality. Well, emotion, even as much as like, well, I'm hanging out with somebody who I really like, you yeah. know, one of my friends. So I don't want to like totally weird them out and be right. like, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't say I got peer pressured into going in there, but they brought me here. So I feel like I should at least humor it, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I'm not letting you humor anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Logic and emotion out the window. It didn't <laughs> matter what I wanted. It didn't matter what I was thinking. It didn't matter what I was feeling. The Lord said, no. So I guess what I would say, and, and if you could repeat the question, I could answer it. Which, what was the question exactly? Uh, the question was about uh, what is the relationship between reason and emotion and decision-making? I would say... Wow. <laughs> well, I feel like we've answered it throughout our throughout. I don't yeah. know if there's a definable answer outside. I mean, of and what that's we've already talked about. Yeah. And we've like even with a lot of these questions, it is situational circumstances that define the answer. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it is the logic and discernment of the Lord that we use in a situation to like, okay, this is what makes most sense right now. It does not make sense for me to just do out this whole willy-nilly thing. Yeah. Uh, or even just like, you know. I, when I love somebody, I'm going to do everything I can to protect them. Big time. Uh, like, even if that is the illogical decision of maybe, you know, sacrificing my own life, which doesn't make sense, but it is to preserve somebody else's life whom I love. And the just illogicality of love and of God of just, you know, it doesn't always make sense, but it's not always supposed to make sense yeah like that's the you know the beauty of love and logic the you know like two opposing things of doing things that make sense and doing stuff that doesn't always make sense yeah and even them going like 
loving logic or logical love. Mm-hmm. Like also not only their beauty and separation, but their beauty and harmony. Absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think, and this and this will be it. It's just coming to my head and I feel like I need to say this. You've watched Narnia, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you know whenever uh, Lucy obviously goes into Narnia, mm-hmm. comes back out, tells everybody about it. No one believes her. Right. right? Emotion. They're like, it's illogical. Literally. Yeah. That's Susan's whole deal. It's just like, it's not logical. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let me get to that. Edmund then finds his way into Narnia, meets the white witch, comes back out, tells them, no, no, I didn't see it. Lucy overwhelmed with emotion disrupts the professor. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he sits them down and he's like, I see that you two sits Peter and Susan, the older two siblings down says, I see you two have interrupted the delicate balance of my housekeeper. Yeah. Right. So what the heck is going on? <laughs> as he sits there smugly smoking his pipe. Yeah. Um, and he explain or they explain to him, well, Lucy thinks that she's found a faraway land in the wardrobe. And he's like, Are you serious? Because if you don't know, the professor is Diggory magician's from the nephew. magician's nephew. Yeah, he's yes. the main character from the magician's nephew. And he's like, Are you serious? And that wardrobe was built out of a tree that he planted from Narnia. Mm-hmm. So um, it has magical properties anyway. That's not the point. Susan's like, it's just illogical. And then he's like, really? Logic? You want to get logic into this? He's like, you're a 15-year-old girl. And then he's a professor, you know. I, I don't know of what, but I know that he lives in a huge Something. mansion, so he's got to be pretty successful. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, logically, if Edmund isn't usually the truthful one, Lucy doesn't usually lie, and she's super emotional about this, then logically I would assume she's telling the truth. Mm. And she's like, you've got to be joking. <laughs> so I, once again, I, I think it's I think it's the thing of uh, logic is very human. Now you can get into um, why we really should be wrapping this up. I just, I just keep talking. I just keep talking. Anyway, uh, logic is very human, but also emotion is very human, and you just need to trust within the boundaries of the Lord. I think that's what yes. we're getting to. Yeah, and that's the whole idea of you know sometimes you need one or the other, sometimes you need both, and sometimes you need God. Big and, time. Yeah. But either way, I have so enjoyed this episode. This oh has my been, gosh, this I love the. I kind of really, want to do it again next. Yeah, <laughs> this has been really fun. And there, are, you know, there's so many other questions that can fall under the idea of like, you know, is this okay or that okay or what is the nature of this? But this is also, you know, it's good practices as well because to do with yourself or with others of you know stretching your brain and you know asking tough questions oh, yeah. because it can lead to you know higher understandings of discernment and you know growing deeper and like okay well what does god say about this well like what does scripture say about this oh okay so maybe i should do this in this situation but do that in that situation but surround yourself with people who challenge how you think yes anyway so loved doing this episode uh please follow our instagram uh at theo thoughts at theo underscore thoughts dot podcast also remember check out our facebook and be looking out we're going to be on the on wgrn 89.5 real soon and yeah but this has been episode four of theo thoughts so rolling on to five yep we'll catch you all next time love y'all god God bless. bless